welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 244 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today, we are talking about a super common issue for physicians. What do you do if you feel like you have no time for yourself? And how do you figure out how to manage your weight within that context, right? I think this is a big issue that we struggle with is we feel like there's no time to ourselves. We don't have time for ourselves, and yet then we're also trying to do this whole extra thing of losing weight. Now, I'm going to give you some tips in this podcast episode, but if that's you, if you are a physician and you're like, I can't even find time to pee during a day, let alone figure out how to find time to eat that lunch that I packed, then this is exactly what we do inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. I help you figure out how to find the time. And also how to make plans that are so simple to do, you can do them on the days where literally there just isn't much time for yourself. Because those days happen when we're physicians, right? So if that sounds like something that you could use, and by the way, at the same time, we make those days feel better so you don't feel quite so overwhelmed when you are having really busy days. If that sounds good to you, then head over to thrivephysicians.ca and learn more about Thrive Academy for Physicians. You'll find a link there where you can apply to join the program. That link is no obligation. It gives you an opportunity to tell me a little bit about yourself so I understand what your challenges are. And then we have an opportunity to talk to each other face-to-face in a private Zoom call where we can really dig in and figure out, is this the right program for you? I do this application process so that when you join Thrive Academy, you know for sure it is going to help you in ways that are going to be really impactful in your life. So head over to thrivephysicians.ca, click on the apply to join tab, fill in that short little questionnaire, and then schedule a time for us to talk. All right, we are talking about having time for ourselves. And I can tell you, I've spent a lot of my life as a physician feeling like there's no time for myself, especially when my kids were little. And I really think when I look back on it is this was a big driver of a lot of the burnout that I experienced as a young physician that like just keep going. There's always more work to do. There's always something else you need to be doing and never having the opportunity to relax and never having the opportunity to just be like, what do I as Siobhan want to do with this chunk of time? And that's really exhausting. And I've recently gone through, I've been working, I'm still recovering from it through a bit of burnout in these past months. 
And this thing came up for me again where I was like, okay, like, I feel like I need to make more time for myself, but you know, why is that so hard? And also, why can't I think of what I should do even if I had time to myself, right? And this, we'll talk about this in this episode, but that's really common for physicians where we crave time off. We want to have time off. We want to have big open areas of time. And when we get it, we don't know what to do with it. And B, it's really hard for us to relax during it. And then we're left looking around going like, what the heck? This comes up a lot inside Thrive Academy in our coaching calls is that feeling of like, you know, I've changed how I'm working and yet I still, I can't relax even though I have more time. That's really related to how we've been taught to work and how we've been taught to approach time as physicians. But I just want to share that because if that's you, you are definitely not alone. And yet it doesn't have to be that way. We can actively work and create changes so that we do feel like we have more time for ourselves. And we do start to remember what we actually like to do if we have time for ourselves. But I think the first piece is we need to start creating the time for ourselves and figuring out how to do that, giving ourselves space with the trust that once you have some space, you will start to figure out what you might want to do with that space. But if there's no space and you're trying to decide, if I had space, what would I do? That's a little bit harder. It's harder for your brain to picture because it's just wrapped up and just trying to get through, (laughs) trying to get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, right? So what's the impact of not having time for yourself? And I've been thinking about this really from a personal side, like I said, with the burnout that I've been working on recovering from, but you lose yourself in your roles. You become a person who is a doctor, who might be a parent, who might be a partner to somebody else, but there's not a lot of you It's you as the doctor, you as the parent, you as the caregiver to aging parents, you as a partner, you as a friend that people turn to for advice, but that you may find that there's just not that much of you. And I like to think about this if you were to just give yourself space to be like, who is this person? (laughs) What is she interested in? What does she like to do? What really lights her up? I think that really helps with the answer of like, what do I do if I were to have time to myself? What could be fun for me? But it may feel uncomfortable. And if it does, that's totally fine. It just shows you how far we get from that being in touch with ourselves as an individual. For myself, I was like trying to answer this, like, what would she do? (laughs) What would Siobhan do? What does she like? And, you know, she likes to work. I still enjoy being a doctor But really, she craves some time off that she could just do things like being artistic, being out in nature, traveling and learning. Kind of one of my big bucket list things is doing a bunch of travel and doing like culinary classes while traveling. I love to cook. I would love to get more training and it would be so much fun to go be somewhere where the food's really cool and also get trained in cooking that food. So there's all of this that's Siobhan, but there's not a lot of it that gets shown out in the world. And often I'm not even aware of those pieces of me, which is kind of a shame, right? And I don't think this is isolated to doctors. I think a lot of adults and women in particular, we just get so busy in these roles. But this is our one life, right? It's our one opportunity to live 
our lives. And so I think anytime we spend coming back into touch with who am I and what do I like, and just giving space for that voice is powerful and, and important. The other things that can show up when you just have no time to yourself is burnout. If you constantly are living a life where there is no time for yourself, I think that really triggers burnout. And that's what happened to me, why I ended up dealing with another burnout. And what was really interesting about this one is the thing that seemed to really tip the scale is me taking vacation. But it was like taking vacation without it creating any space for myself and like overworking before, overworking after and taking vacation like as that beacon of hope in really busy weeks and months of like, it's okay, we've got that trip coming up. I'll just keep head down and keep working. And so ending up in the vacation time, pretty tired and burnt out already. And then I came home and I was like, oh, this is worse than what I thought. So not having time to yourself can be a big driver to that. And in the theme of what this podcast is about, not having time to yourself, huge driver of eating, huge. If we could just create space for ourselves to do things we want to do, to recover, to relax, to unwind, I don't think most of us would struggle with eating in the same way that we do. So this is an important topic. It may seem frivolous. I want to talk about that just because often when I'm talking to physicians about creating more time for themselves, we have been conditioned that taking time for ourselves is self-indulgent, selfish, harms people in our lives, puts us behind. But it is not frivolous. And it does not do those things. Taking time for yourself protects you as a very, very valuable resource, both just because you are you and you are living your one life, but also because you, as you, play really important roles in the world and in other people's lives. And if you're playing those roles completely at the expense of yourself, you become a very limited resource. If you can create some space to find some time for yourself, you become a renewable resource for all those people in your life, for all those things that you want to do. Ask yourself which one's more important for you, for how you want to live your life, but also for the impacts you want to make in your life. So the mistake that we have been taught through culture, through conditioning, through probably medical school too, is our time comes last. That we are allowed to have time for ourselves when all the work is done. When everybody else has been cared for, we can then take time for ourselves. I'm just going to give that a big old thumbs down right there because it's a pile of crap. (laughs) How many days do you finish where you're like, oh yeah, everything's done. I'm completely on top of everything. I may now relax and have time to myself. Hmm. I'm trying to think of the last day I had like that. Can't think of it. There's always something else that's in my mind of what I could be doing, should be doing. So if we're waiting until we find time for ourselves, until we are gifted space because we got everything else done, that will not happen. You will keep not finding time for yourself. And part of this comes back to Parkinson's law, which I've talked about on the podcast before. But when I learned about this, it was life changing for me. I was like, wait, what? Time is not linear. So 
if we're like, okay, I need this amount of time for myself and I'll hopefully get it at the end of the day. And I've got, you know, this amount of work I got to get done. You may think that it'll be linear, but that amount of work can expand and can fill more time. But when used appropriately, you can also make that amount of work contract and fill less time. So Parkinson's law is that the amount of work will expand to fill the time available. And what that means is you can start taking control of your time by having better boundaries with your time. Meaning instead of like sitting down, to be fair, I did this this weekend is I had to get caught up on notes. And so I just sat down. I'm like, okay, let's work on notes. And just in general, sat down and worked on notes. And it took me, I surprised how long it took me because I had to get up this morning and do some more notes. So it probably took me a couple hours this weekend to finish up my notes from the week. And I didn't think I'd been that far behind. But what I did wrong is I had the container of time endless. So then my brain can be leisurely with how it does the notes and can be a little less focused. If we use Parkinson's law and if I had when I was sitting down to do the notes, be like, all right, I've got like this many notes left from the end of that day. I'm going to give myself 20 minutes, get those notes done, set a timer and really focus on it. I probably would have gotten my notes done in a much shorter time. I say probably, but I know I could have if I'd been like using this law to my advantage. So you can use this law to your advantage to create time for yourself. I was giving an example of getting work done, but that helps you create time for yourself, right? But also you can use it to your advantage that If we put time in for ourselves during our day, you're compressing the time available for the work to happen, but that doesn't mean that less work happens. If you start doing this, you'd be amazed at your brain's ability to accomplish work in shorter amounts of time when it has really focused boundaries. So often we hesitate to take time for ourselves earlier in the day, like say lunch. This is something that comes up so commonly when I'm talking to physicians. Like I did a evening eating small group class and we were talking about this, about what would it be like to just have a bit of a break at lunchtime so that you're not like pushing yourself and running the marathon through your entire day, getting home at lunch or getting home in the evening and never having taken a break. And then your brain's like, oh, let's just eat and try and feel better. What would it be like to take a break for lunch? And there's often resistance, right? Like at lunchtime for most of us as physicians, we're like, okay, like got the morning patients done. Maybe I went into my lunch hour, finishing up the morning patients. Okay, try and get some notes done or get some of those labs reviewed. Maybe you let yourself eat at your desk, but very few of us actually take time off for lunch. And we think that if we do, that means that that work that we were not doing during the lunch hour we'll have to expand our afternoon work. So if we think of time as blocks, if we were like, okay, I'm going to take two blocks of time at lunch for myself, so it would be a half hour. In my head, blocks are 15 minutes. But anyways, if I took two blocks of time for myself at lunch, and I normally would be working during that time, then that probably is going to mean that I have to stay two blocks longer. And maybe I can't because I've got to pick up kids or get kids to activities or get to a meeting, whatever, right? The reality, though, is those two blocks of time that you take for yourself help improve your efficiency. Plus, then if you're like, okay, self, we still have the same amount of time to get the work done 
And now we've got that little bit of more work that we might have been doing over lunch. And you put those firm boundaries on it. You'll be amazed at what your brain can do, at what you can get done. So taking that time off does not mean you'll be two blocks behind. Maybe you'll finish a little bit later. I would hazard a guess that you may find you actually finish at the same time. And what's really interesting as I'm talking about this is the time during the lunch, right? Where we have this hour at lunch and we're like, okay, I'm just going to work on on getting work done. Again, that's a very nebulous boundary. And so the work will expand. It will fill your whole lunch hour if you let it. If you can look at it and be like, you know what? I have these labs to review. I'm going to put my head down, set a timer for 20 minutes, get as many of the labs reviewed as I can, and then I'm going to take a break. You might be surprised that you could accomplish everything you would normally accomplish in that hour in those 20 minutes. You have to kind of play with it and see. But the big point is time is not linear, and you can use this to your advantage. You can create more space for yourself by recognizing that taking blocks of time away from one area to give to yourself does not mean that that area is going to be behind. It may be just the same and totally fine, even though you've taken blocks out for yourself. So along those lines, I just want to reinforce, if we leave it totally alone and you just wait for time for yourself to show up at the end of your day, it's probably not coming. And I think a lot of us have lived those days where we're like, okay, I can't wait for the evening. It's good. Like, I just need to relax. And then stuff happens and you have to do other things. And then it's like bedtime. And you're like, I haven't even had a chance to relax yet. And again, cue the eating, right? Is that then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to have a snack to relax. And maybe I'll stay up a bit later and just watch some Netflix because this is the only time I have to myself. Again, super common. I hear that from so many physicians, And then you wake up tired, you wake up draggy. The thing is, is we can't just leave this to itself and hope that at some point life will change and we'll start having time for ourselves. It's not going to change. The only way you start getting time for yourself is you start to actively create it. And what I'm hoping these tips in this podcast are giving you is that actively creating time for yourself is doable even when you're really busy as a doctor. And it doesn't take a ton of extra work and it doesn't negatively impact you or the other people in your life. Okay, so I just want to touch on the whole concept of if you're sitting there listening, you're like, I don't even know what I'd do if I had time for myself. I don't even know what would feel nice. I like to think of, and I talk about restorative activities, like it's really easy just to have time for yourself and end up scrolling Instagram And it may not feel like that time was anything. You might not feel better at the end of it. I think of, you know, scrolling on social media or watching Netflix and stuff. Often it's more of a pause button. Even though it's time for yourself, it may not leave you feeling better. So thinking about like what could be replenishing things, things that would actually leave me feeling lighter, better, like I actually had time for me, my true me not just I had time to waste. And that can be hard to answer. And it is 100% okay if you can't answer that. You can take time to think about it, time to contemplate it. You can take space to see what comes up. And all of those are fantastic. But partly why it's so hard for us to think of things we would like to do is we haven't given ourselves permission to think about it. We haven't asked ourselves 
Like how often do we ask ourselves in a day, oh, hey, Siobhan, what would you like to do right now? It's pretty uncommon, right? Like mostly what we're saying to ourselves is, all right, Siobhan, okay, you got to get this done. You got to keep going. Make sure you're here on time to do this. And then I guess you're going to have to do that in the evening, right? That's how we talk to ourselves about our time. So it's no wonder we lose the skill of knowing what we actually want to do. But it's such a good skill to bring back. So that when you do have time for yourself, you can do something that you like. Do something that you is memorable in the way that you can think back and you're like, oh yeah, that was so nice that I got to do that this week. I think it makes quality of life feel better, right? When we are having time and the opportunity to do things that are for us, for our individual interests. So it's super common. You can start small. Again, it doesn't have to be that you grab a brand new hobby and you, you know, get super excited about it. Just start small. Like, what if I just took five minutes to read a book, if you like to read? What if I, you know, took five or 10 minutes to work on that craft project that I haven't worked on for years? Like if you knit or if you do something like that. What if I just found a friend? There's so many different things. What if I just went for a walk? But try things. Give yourself permission to experiment. Give yourself permission to play and find out what you actually like to do. Maybe it's stuff that you used to like to do and you're totally out of touch with it. But it also just might be there's things out there you've never tried that could be really fun and exciting. And if in doubt, do nothing. And what I mean by that is don't, I don't mean don't give yourself time. I mean, maybe sitting and doing nothing and letting yourself have time where there is no purpose, where it is just you sit and you look out a window. Maybe that could be really fantastic. It may feel uncomfortable because we are so primed to do, 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 and just keep going that often when we make ourselves sit and relax and do nothing, it can actually feel uncomfortable. And I think that's a good argument for doing more of nothing because it's a skill that would be really nice to have, right? When we dream of time off and relaxing and dream of these vacations that we want to enter relaxed, we kind of need the skill of how do we do nothing and actually enjoy ourselves? It's almost like vacations, we have to relearn it, right? Like three days into the vacation, you start to actually relax again. All right, let's talk about my tips to create more time for yourself. Number one, it has to start with prioritizing. If you're trying to do this and you are just thinking about how you taking time for yourself harms other people and how their needs are more important than yours, you are never going to find time for yourself. We really only find time for the things that we view as important. And so because we've been taught time to ourselves is not important, we don't find time for it. If you can shift your thought patterns, and I've shared a bunch of different ways of thinking about it in this episode, if you can shift your thought patterns to be like, this is important. Maybe this is the most important thing you do in a day because it replenishes you, because it makes you a renewable resource where you can then help and do the things you want to be doing in your, in your world and in your life. But maybe this, this time to yourself is the most important thing to prioritize. Because once you've had time to yourself, you're in a better state to then 
give time to others, to give energy to others, to use your amazing brain to help others. When there's no time for yourself, it's hard to be in that really good giving and serving state that we often try to live most of our life in. Number two, tip number two is consider taking the time for yourself earlier. You can use Parkinson's law to create boundaries and be like, this is my time in the evening, but you will be battling the exhaustion, fatigue. It may be harder to hold your priorities. You may find you get to that time and you had planned on doing something that in the morning sounded fun and you just can't care about it in the evening because you're so depleted. So at least giving yourself some time earlier in the day, maybe some time before you go to work, or like I've given an example in this podcast episode, giving yourself a break during lunch to replenish. So you're not running your whole day hoping that at the end of the day, you'll have the energy for something for yourself. You give yourself the space earlier in the day Even if it's just small, little, I call them micro breaks. Like even if it's like two minutes, if you notice yourself getting stressed out in the morning, two minutes during the morning to just take a break, to just take a couple breaths, maybe go outside, stick your head out, see what the weather's doing, (laughs) come back and get going again. Or, you know, a little bit of a break during your lunch hour. If you could sprinkle these little breaks, these little times for yourself through, number one, it makes your day better. Number two, it makes your eating at the end of the day feel easier because you're not feeling so depleted when you finish your day. And number three, then if you do want a bigger block of time to yourself later in the day, you're more likely to have the energy and the the mental focus to be able to actually do something with that time and to protect that time. Number three, start small. So if the idea of like, often when we think about self-care, I think we're thinking, oh, I've got to find hours a day to care for myself. And it's so hard to think about that. So we just don't do it. It doesn't have to be hours. It could be hours. You can absolutely take hours in a day to yourself. But maybe you start with five, 10 minutes. Maybe you start with a half hour. You find the time that actually feels doable. And then you do it as an experiment. You start playing with it and be like, okay, if I take this time for myself, how does the rest of the day shift out? Does the work still get done? Do I feel better? Do I finish my day feeling better? Play with it, experiment with it. See what amount of time feels good to you. But you don't have to start with like this perfect self-care routine right off the bat. It can literally be you take time in your day to walk outside of your office or the hospital see the sky, take three or four deep breaths, shake out your shoulders, and then go back. That will make a difference to your day. I promise. All right, number four, notice where your brain wants to give up your time. And it's so easy to do because we are so programmed to not value our time. We are programmed to value other people's time, other roles that we play. So as you're working on this skill, there 100% is going to be times where your brain's like, oh, yeah, no, your time doesn't matter. We need to do this other stuff. And it's going to sound really convincing when your brain tells you this. It's going to sound just like the truth. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I guess I have to just not have time for myself. That's what I've been doing these past months and totally bought into it. Didn't recognize, oh, hey, my brain's kind of taking me out of these patterns that actually help sustain me. So if you can watch for it, catch it, 
try to reverse it as quickly as you're able to catch it. It's going to help you. Think of this, and I, I can't remember who this quote is from, but saying yes to one thing is saying no to something else. So when we say yes to more roles, we say yes to people pleasing people in our lives. Often what we're saying no to is time for ourselves. We're saying yes to these things at the expense of time for ourselves to restore ourselves. And so, like I said, it's going to happen. It's not a matter of will it happen? It's a matter of when will it happen? This is a skill that you have to build and your brain's temptation to give up your time to help try to make other people happy in your life will be one of the biggest obstacles that you deal with in this skill. That's okay. Just like I said, notice it. Try to notice it as quickly as you're able to. It's okay if it pulls the wool over your eyes. You're in good company if that happens. And then work on be like, okay, I'm just kind of slipped back into these old habits. How do I get myself back to what was working? All right. I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. If you are not a member of the Thriving as a Physician Facebook group, make sure you go over to Facebook, search Thriving as a Physician and request access. You must be a physician to join. But inside that group, you get access to some exclusive resources. It's I've been doing lives in there since I built it. So there's actually getting to be quite a fairly good library of videos, as well as it's a really nice community of women physicians all working on the same thing and supporting each other. So come join us. That's the Thriving as a Physician Facebook group. And if you love this podcast and would like to support it, I would love it if you could either go over to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review. Those really help the podcast get found or share it with a physician that you know, especially this episode. This is a topic all physicians need help with. We all spend our lives feeling like we have no time. Share this episode. Physicians need to learn how to empower themselves to find that time as a really important piece of physician wellness. You have my gratitude and thanks for any sharing of this podcast that you do and any reviews that you leave. It really, really helps me build this podcast, which is really my passion project because I think you as physicians deserve to understand and learn these tools of how to manage these sorts of things in your life so that we all can live better lives while also, you know, doing a challenging job, which is what we do. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.